1: The opinions expressed under the site this
0: program for those of the participants and not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both in Hope, Arkansas. And we want to give a special thank you to CDWG for providing some of the equipment that we're using on the show. Welcome. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff.
2: I'm Greg. No last names
0: today. It's all in for Hey,
1: it's our 35th episode. I think now we are on a first name basis. Woo! It's
0: about time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking. I was thinking this morning. You know, we started this show on a whim in a Dairy Queen. <laughs> we did. Was it, was well, like not it, really Dairy Queen. Restaurant the Restaurant known as Dairy. Queen. Formerly yes, known as Dairy.
1: Queen. Formerly That's correct. Formerly exactly. That's correct. But that is so true. I mean, you know, we just sat around and decided. You know, we talked about and said, hey. Wouldn't it be crazy? Hey, we're
0: all full of a bunch of stuff. We should put it on the (laughs)
1: radio. That's we should start a radio show. Next thing you know, let's. Jed's a millionaire. Let's share
0: our manic stuff with everybody. That's right. That's right. Yeah, today. um, Go ahead. Yeah, we're all on spring break. Arkansas is on spring break this week. Um, Greg and I have actually been working, and uh, we actually took off today. Yeah. And were like, Oh wait! We've got a radio show. See, we'll see and it. I did the opposite.
1: I've been off all week and came to work today yeah. to do this. So. so,
0: it's it is spring break in Arkansas and most of the country. A lot of folks are on spring break this week. Mm-hmm. So, if you're listening to the show out there or you listen to the podcast, thanks for listening to us. We'll hope yeah. we have a good show for you. Um, going to be a really fun show today. Um, April eighth is something we want to talk about. I'll save that one. Go ahead and you want to save us, that? Tell us about today. It's a
1: secret. All right. Today <laughs> um, we're going to be talking with Justin Bader head of the Principal Center, Uh, and we're going to hear music from the Shane Howard Band, and we're going to talk about Apple's latest offerings, plus the Google tip of the week. (laughs) week. (laughs) So, without further ado, our guest today is Justin Bader. Justin, I hope we say your last name
0: correct. Welcome on board, and uh, we're happy to have you here.
3: You've got it. Great to be here. Thanks, everybody.
0: Awesome. awesome, awesome. Well, a little bit about you. I took this. I stole this blatantly from your website. <laughs> um, you're an we're letting student. you know now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an independent consulting uh, consultant supporting school administrators in becoming high performance instructional leaders. He is a regular speaker at NAESP, ASCD, and other national and regional conferences. But now we're going to turn it over to you, and you tell us about yourself.
3: All right. Well, I'd, I'd say I'm flattered, but I guess I wrote that, so I can't be too <laughs> flattered. That. Perfect. It was intentional. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the Principal Center is my full-time work now, and I've been doing this since 2012. And prior to that, I was a principal and uh, teacher with Seattle Public Schools. So my uh, wife is from Arkansas, went to college in Arkansas at Harding University, and uh, moved back to your neck of the woods in 2012 when the Principal Center became the, uh, the full-time deal. And just have a lot of fun doing webinars, writing articles, uh, traveling around, and speaking at conferences and school districts about productivity and instructional leadership. So it's a blast.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. That is very cool. <clears throat> so, all right, go ahead. <laughs> i will just pointing
0: at you. Now you're pointing at me. What are just you? I over thought, here. Okay. I'll, I'll go go start off because I had <laughs> So, tell us about the Principal Center.
3: Yeah, so it actually started as just kind of a uh, I think it was actually a Ning social network originally. Uh, do you remember wow. Ning before yeah, it got yeah. bought and yeah. sold ten times?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> before it became pay for play, pay to play.
3: Yes. Yeah, so we had a uh, just a little site for principals to share, you know, documents and resources and, and just different things that you might not find online but uh, might need from time to time, sample letters and things like that. And just found it was a great way to connect with other administrators and. Um, just be able to uh, to deal with some of the the specific issues that we encounter. That uh, you know you might have somebody you can call, but you might not for for that particular thing. So that kind of grew over time, became a uh, a uh, a website where people were were joining, getting our webinars, uh, started doing webinars in I guess 2011 or 2012, and then that became a, a full time. Uh, commitment at that point, and uh, made the decision to uh, to move back home here, where my wife's family is in uh, Heber Springs, and we've got two kids now, and just uh, enjoy doing that uh, that work, working online, working around the country with uh, with different districts. So we try to try to focus everything on instructional leadership. So we do a lot with technology because I believe that instructional leaders need technology. We've got to take advantage of it. Um, and uh, started with one of our, our first and most successful webinar ever was the iPad. So I, I owe it all to the iPad 2 uh, coming out, and everybody bought one, and nobody know, knew how to use it. So we did. <laughs> yes. I think I've had close to 1,000 people take my iPad webinar in one way or another, awesome. and, of course, we don't offer that anymore since uh, pretty much everyone knows how to use the iPad or their iPad is worn out by now. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was the origin story. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome, man.
0: You know, it's 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 interesting. You're doing exactly what we need in Arkansas. Mm. Um, you know, with is it board and all that good stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. And I was reading your website, and you were talking about rounds. And it's funny that you used it when talking about radiologists and doctors, you know, doing rounds. Um, what are you What are you finding out there in in the form of how Arkansas is measuring up to doing evaluations well? You know what I'm saying? I mean. It, is it is it working out for us or do you think there's a something better is it still growing that's my next question i guess that would be do you feel like it's actually growing teacher evaluation for yeah. instructional leaders
3: great question yeah I, th- I think the pieces are definitely in place i think the uh, the support systems are there i have to say i'm actually pretty new to working directly with arkansas administrators so uh, feel free to uh, to invite me out. I haven't been to a lot of schools in Arkansas, uh, but just recently started working with with Bloomboard and with the Department of Education to uh, to do some professional development and to, to put some content into Bloomboard. So we've uh, we've got talks going on about that now, and I, I definitely appreciate the uh, the supports. That are out there. I think it's it's one of the best organized states that I've seen anywhere, just in terms of uh, of having a plan at the state level, so that it's not every district figuring everything out for themselves. Because the uh, you know the the tools can get complicated, and the more I think we can simplify things, so that instructional leaders can focus on instruction and their relationships with teachers and and what they're seeing in the classroom, and not having to mess with you know all the different uh, different technical pieces and and getting the uh, the vendor setup. I, I just appreciate that that's done at the state level. I think it's uh, it's not you know not always the case. Right. So I think we're in mm-hmm. we're in great shape in that respect.
0: Yeah, I, I think they put a lot of thought into that. I, you know, I know that um, a lot of the cooperatives in the area help with making the decisions on that because they're they're closer to the schools, mm-hmm. so it was able for them to do that. You know, it's interesting uh, when we talk about technology in that evaluation piece. You know, to use it or not to use it, and. How do you feel on that? It, don't you think there's probably some areas where you don't want to use technology as you're doing the evaluations? It could be just maybe a hindrance, gets in the way, too much time, too much trouble.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the the conundrums that we face is is how much to structure the you know the form or whatever we're we're having people fill out. You know, sometimes you just want a sheet of paper to be able to write random things down. You know, you just want a legal pad or whatever is is most comfortable for you. And even if you type far faster sometimes just that flexibility and to not have to type everything into uh you know a particular little box right. and then uh you, you know just just use the tools that that fit the circumstances best uh have you ever heard of the the idea of affordances has this come up recently for you and we're yeah, all looking I mean, at each other going what <laughs> I've been i'm googling like, it uh, <laughs> now <in there. laughs> across it two or three times in totally different contexts recently uh, i believe it was donald norman uh the idea of uh the design of everyday objects i think was was his book i might be wrong about that that exact title uh, but the idea is that that objects suggest a particular use and each type of object that we use lends itself to some things better than others you know if i want to transcribe a conversation yeah i would much rather do that on a keyboard uh, but if I want to take notes that I'm going to remember and internalize, I'm you know the research says uh, I'm much better doing that on paper. Mm-hmm. And if I want to observe in a classroom and then be able to, uh, to talk with the teacher about what students learned, it may be that I take minimal notes and I just pay attention. So I'm, I'm interested in this idea of affordances that, that each medium or each tool that we use has things that it's good at and things that it's not so good at. And I, I got the idea from a, uh, a book called The Myth of the Paperless Office, which is a, a book by some researchers who worked at Xerox and work at, uh, at Microsoft now theorizing about paper, if that sounds like a job for you. Um, <laughs> well, it, sounds like it, it, sounds, it definitely sounds like a job from somebody from Xerox. So. <laughs> <laughs> but they say, you know, one of the reasons paper hasn't gone away and, and Xerox is still in business despite computers is that we still use paper for a lot of things. And I, I find that I will often print something out mark it up look at it for a while maybe leave it on my desk until i'm done with it and then it goes in the recycling and that's that's the life cycle of paper i don't keep it as much i don't you know keep that as my primary medium for for managing information but it you know it, it plays a role right. so i think oh, back yeah. to the, uh, the question of the uh, the evaluation process we've each got to figure out what our, our preferences are but also what the the affordances of the, the different tools available to us are
0: yeah and I, like I said, I googled affordance, and, and <laughs> once I once I got a good definition of it, I completely agree. It, the, the natural feel of what what it is we're using, because right, exactly. in in the example it said a knob affords twisting and a cord affords pulling, you know that kind of. Right. Yeah, I can I hear where you're coming from. That's really neat. Now I'm going to have to look into that and do yeah. some reading.
1: Well, and and a lot of this discussion um, kind of leads me back to before there was. Before we had iPads and Bloomboard, and if I had one more thing, I could say, oh my, but anyway. (laughs) um, Before that, uh, we were, principals would do their classroom walkthroughs with um, palm devices. You know, uh, um,
2: the center of your hand? Yeah, the center of your hand. (laughs) Uh, You know, the palm uh, pilot. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had, yeah, palm. I
1: didn't want to say palm pilot because I know that's, but you know, anyway, you know, they had, but they did. They had, you know, palms uh, with specialized applications that were, Pretty much, um, for lack of a better description, they were pretty much uh, multiple choice. You know, you would kind of tap this type that because that device definitely did not afford <laughs> any kind of, you know, really in-depth um, communication back into it. Other than, you know, you had the stylus and, you know, you were doing your walkthrough and you're pretty much going tap, 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 right. tap. You know, it was yep. not, not very conducive to... Um, concocting some kind of a long <laughs> dissertation on what the teacher was or was not doing right. um, And so I think that's that's part of where this goes. So it'll also be interesting to see kind of what's coming next you know what's what's going to be the next tool used for classroom walkthroughs, observations, uh, whatever terms you know they throw out there? Right. Yeah
0: Justin, yeah. would you think that the, the tool right now is probably the biggest hindrance? For instructional leaders to do evaluations it gets in the way of sitting in the classroom and evaluating this teacher
3: I think it can but I think it also you know even to take a step back I think the tool shapes our view of the process and and kind of tells us what it should be you know and if you are on a Palm Pilot and the Palm Pilot's affordances are hey multiple choice is pretty much the only thing you can do well, one of the things that lends itself to is rating and evaluation, rather than taking notes, gathering evidence, and having a conversation. And if you if you look at a lot of the you know the better the more robust teacher evaluation rubrics, they're not about what happened one time in 15 minutes when you were in the classroom. I mean, they're much more about the long term practices that are in place, about the teacher's decision making, about the way the teacher uh, you know chooses what to focus on and and when to speed up and when to slow down and and help individual students. You know, those are things that I think we do have to have evidence about over the long term. And if if I see it as, well, I've got my Palm Pilot and it's my job to rate this lesson, and I go in, tap, 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 and I've got my multiple choice, we've totally changed the process from one where maybe just a few years earlier, I would go in with a legal pad, take some notes, and then we'd sit down and chat about it. And I think unintentionally, one of the things that happened with that particular shift was that the conversations became much more or the process became much more about the rating than the, uh, the discussion. And I think we've got to reflect on, you know, what's what's the value in the process where, sure. you know, what are we trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Well, yeah. that kind of folds into I know you have a 21 a day challenge. Um, that's one of your big deals. <laughs> a lot of folks have been using that. Um and, and the key I think for my takeaway is is really about providing feedback. And that's it, it we both know that in this technology age the quickest way to do that is to use technology so that you can bri- I mean feedback has got to be timely it's got to be instantaneous. And right. so um is it does technology play a big part in your 21-day challenge for, on your platform?
3: I, th- I think it can. And, you know, I, I believe in flexibility and, and definitely it's, you know, ev- everybody's going to have things that they prefer and things that work with, with their process. Um, I, I agree with you on, on feedback. You know, we, we've got to think about the, uh, the, the purpose there. And one of the things that I realized about feedback that's, uh, that's a little bit strange in terms of how we use the word in education, often when we say feedback as administrators, we mean I'm going to tell you what I think. And that's not normally what feedback means. Mm-hmm. If you think about the kind of feedback that you get from a, a speaker system, where you put the mic too close to the speaker, the the source of the information in the first place is always with the you know the the subject with the the author. So in our in our observations, the teacher should be the source of. I, I think some of the questions but also the, uh, the substance of, of the feedback. So often it's an administrator going in cold and observing and then giving, you know, quote unquote feedback that's really kind of a one-way message to the teacher. Here's what you did well, here's what you need to do differently. And it's not actually feedback because it didn't start with what the teacher was intending to accomplish, what the teacher wanted to get feedback on. And I think that's something that, you know, we've got to look at whether what we're providing is, is really actually feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes that doesn't mean people can't get unsolicited feedback. I think often people don't know what they need to pay attention to. So I think there's a, there's a place for that. But I think just as a, as a general attitude, if we start with the idea that the purpose of feedback is to give people feedback on something that they are originating, that they, it's their idea to request feedback on it. Uh, if that can be our baseline, I think whatever we ultimately do will, uh, will be more impactful.
1: So do you find that, um, you know, you've got your, you know, you've you got the leadership training, but do you find that teachers don't know how to be that source? You know, how to ask or even start that conversation in terms of getting, you know, knowing what feedback they're even looking for? Am I making sense?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think, Everyone knows how to ask for feedback if they want it. I think very few people have had an experience where they felt like they got good feedback, so they want to ask for it again. I think you know. I I, I, I remember, you know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, invited me in as a principal and and said, "Hey, I'm working on this new thing. Uh, You know, it's the first time I'm trying it. Can you come in and give me some feedback?" And if I could make it in, you know, that was always great. I could I could really learn something new as an administrator. I could give encouraging feedback and, and maybe even constructive feedback on what the teacher had asked for, you know, for some, some input on. Um, but that's, that's really not the norm. I think the norm is administrators mostly don't get into classrooms at all. I think mm-hmm. if we're, if we're honest about it, we don't get into classrooms at all, or at least if we do, it's to pick up a student or drop off a student or something totally unrelated to instruction. And I honestly think, you know, there, there are time pressures. I think time is, is of course the, uh, you know the biggest issue we've got this this incredible workload but honestly i think we often don't know what to do we don't want to have those awful feedback conversations where i give someone a rating based on five minutes and then they have to pretend to appreciate that. And they right. have to pretend <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that they really wanted that feedback. Right. Um, you know, and it becomes kind of a game we play because we know we're supposed to. But everybody hates it, so we don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. If I can be a little bit blunt there. Right.
1: Well, yeah. Hey, no, I mean, that's I, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Mm. You know,
0: you know I, was a, I was a band director for a long time. And every spring we have concert season. And the system has become a way where you work on three or four pieces of music and you take those to contests where four or five judges, other band directors, peers, give you their evaluation. <laughs> mm. And it, it, back in when I started teaching in the uh, 90s, back then we were even teaching to the test. And you know, we, didn't, we didn't appreciate those evaluations, <laughs> 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 depending on how well the band played. But, you know, what was interesting was is that even back then, we had a rubric to work off of so that we could make sure that we we got the exact evaluation we were looking for. Um, Do you feel like we're allowing that same opportunity to teachers at this point so that when that evaluator comes to the classroom, they at least kind of know where they should be? I mean, what you're seeing out in the wild?
3: I think the rubrics we have now are better than they ever have been. Honestly, I mean, I think the, you know, for, for all it's good and ill, the, uh, the race to the top push that, uh, that got states to adopt these leveled rubrics, I, I think do give people a lot more guidance. Um, lately I've been wondering if there's, there's not room for some of the, the feedback work that we do as administrators and, and teachers together to be more driven by more specific disciplinary concerns, uh, in in terms of you know are you a language arts teacher are you a math teacher and what does it mean to be a an excellent math teacher versus what does it mean to be just a good teacher in general um there you know there there are specific disciplinary things that that make a difference if you're a band director what you do to be an effective band director is not necessarily the same as what you do to be an effective math teacher and i think we lose a lot of detail in trying to abstract that just for the sake of having an evaluation system that that works for everyone so I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the idea that you know we have to have an evaluation system that's fair to everyone, that is the foundation for everyone, that everyone's evaluated on. But if you have someone who is fine, who is not going to receive a negative evaluation, I think it's totally appropriate to say, all right, you're fine on everything. Let's zoom in and focus on something that you actually care about, that's relevant to what you teach, and I'm going to check fine on all the things that I have to check off, or I'm going to take care of that. I'm just going to make sure it's fine. and. And, you know, and, and really just focus on what's going to make the, uh, the biggest impact on, on your practice and, and give you feedback on what you care about. And also make me more effective as an observer and as a, you know, as a leader so that I can understand the challenges that you're facing, understand the decisions that you're making, rather than just try to kind of abstract that into the, the generic system.
1: Yeah. Okay. So as sort of a continuation of that, um, we actually had one of our um, listeners uh, pose this question. So going along with what you're saying here, um, that obviously takes time to sit down and visit with those teachers and work through that. So how does an administrator structure their day so that they're in the classrooms more, and how do we get the important part of supporting teachers when there is all that other stuff,
3: you know, going on? (laughs) Well, I think you just need an assistant principal who does all the work, and then you can go in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So assistant principal, there's the answer. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I, I think the reality is we are going to get interrupted. Um, anytime you block out two hours on your calendar, you can kind of chuckle to yourself if you're an administrator, because you know that that's not going to be an uninterrupted two hours, even if you have two hours worth of work to do on one, one project during that time. So I, I think we've got we to break it down into uh, smaller chunks that actually do go on the calendar. Um, Fifteen minutes you know, is, is a pretty easy interval to put on your calendar. And if you think about the kinds of things that interrupt you, if you're an administrator, you've got discipline issues, you've got fire drills, you've got visitors who show up unexpectedly and need to be greeted because they are higher in the org chart and expect to be greeted. You've got right. <laughs> uh, fights, dogs on the playground, you've got all kinds of things that can interrupt you. But if you think about which of those are actually emergencies that can't wait five or six minutes? It's actually very few. And and in fact, depending on the, the school that you're in, you may have none of those act- that are actually emergencies come up in the average day. True emergencies might actually come up once or twice a week. But what happens is, we think that everything that needs our attention, needs our attention right now. Right. So if I've got two kids that were sent to the office for fighting, That kind of is an emergency, but not really. And there's a big opportunity in that not really. Because if I say, well, the kids are in the office waiting for me, I need to go talk to them, but I've committed to being in classrooms for this time. So I'm going to go, I'm going to visit that classroom. Like I said, I was going to try to talk to the teacher briefly or maybe talk to the teacher later about, you know, what happened in the lesson. And then after those five or ten minutes are up... The kids have had a minute to sit and cool down. I can go talk to them. I can deal with that situation, call their parents, whatever I need to do that wasn't on my calendar. But that first thing, that that time to get into classrooms is protected just by giving myself permission to uh, to deal with that almost emergency a few minutes later.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. We encounter
2: yeah. that in tech work all the time. It's like, okay, this, this is... Urgent, but is it important? Or this is important, but is it urgent? So it's always about balancing. Where it's like, okay, do you take care of this now? Do you wait for? It? Do you handle this first? What is what is the most important thing to handle at any given time?
4: Yeah.
1: Well, and one of the in Arkansas, anyway, um, and I guess it depends on which side of the coin you fall on. But to me, I see this as, as an advantage. Um, one of the advantages that Arkansas has is if a district has an assistant principal. Um, they are also responsible for uh, evaluations, teacher feedback. So theoretically and by extension, hopefully, uh, you have the assistant principal and the principal working with the teacher in and tandem. the teacher working yeah. back, you know, so you kind of get this a group of folks working on that feedback and uh, enhancing what the teacher may, may need to improve on. Or as you said, if the teacher's already doing great, then you get – more folks who may be able to kind of hone in on those extra things that the teacher wants to try or, you know, just, right. um, I, I totally lost my train. Of thought. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's where I was going with it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's well, funny. Yeah. I, I run a list. I
0: run a new set of lists. I'm always running lists. More I, lists. I have a list that has three columns now. And one is it says it must be completed. One says to do, and one says delete. And so I try every morning to go through and go, you know, I'm just going to put this in the delete column and I'm not going to worry about it anymore because it's already passed. And, you know, it makes no difference on what, you know, what needs to be done, the to-do list, and then, you know, must be completed. And it's just what Justin was talking about. You know, (laughs) that stuff that happens during the day, what's the most important thing we're doing as administrators? Well, we're evaluating our people. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably, you know, right up there in the top three. Yes, we get it. Sorry, you were about to say something, Justin. I'm sorry I interrupted you.
3: No, I just I I think the uh, you know the the nature of of emergencies I, th- I think is a, a tough thing because you know e- even if you say I'm never going to deal with the urgent and unimportant you're not going to run out of you know uh, urgent and important or uh, <laughs> important but say. not urgent you know <laughs> right. even, even sure, yeah. if you eliminate you know the three quarters of things that could could distract you you know Parkinson's law says work expands to fill the available time right (laughs) you know we we never have free time we have to make time for you know for for what's going to go on the calendar first and i think sometimes what we do is is we kind of give in to the unpredictability of the day and we just say well all right, my calendar says I've got a staff meeting, and then I've got uh, drop-off time, and then school starts, and then after school we have a committee meeting, and you know this and that. We've got a, a few meetings on the calendar, but the rest of the day, I know I'm just going to be busy all day long, so I'm not going to put anything on the calendar. And that that was kind of how I operated for many years, because I knew if I put something on my calendar, you know, work on you know the school improvement plan for two hours, well, there's no way. It's just not gonna happen. Right. So I've I've gone back to those those shorter blocks. You know, Google Calendar might might default to an hour, but if I put a fifteen minute appointment on my calendar, I can actually commit to that and keep it there unless there's a true emergency and uh and not have to constantly go go off calendar.
1: Right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well I'm gonna keep moving moving yeah, this yeah. forward here. My so tell us about, since this is our, our show and our radio show, tell us about <laughs> show Principal Center Radio. Tell us about that. Tell <laughs> us about your radio
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Um, get to uh, to talk with people much smarter than myself who have uh, written books or have um, you know done, done some sort of interesting work that is uh, you know worthy of uh, of learning from. So I've had uh, Dave Burgess, I know he's a, a previous guest on your show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was uh, as energetic as I am, he tends to be kind of a kind of a sleepy guy. He's yeah, he's, he's pretty laid back. Yeah, he's he's a pretty laid back cat, man. He is a, a pirate on fire. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, that is. That yeah. Had uh, had about seventy five guests on Principal Center Radio over the years, and nice. uh, just have a lot of fun. Uh, learning about books without necessarily having to uh, to read them—it's kind of the ultimate shortcut because I don't have to buy the book, I don't have to read the book. at One-on-one time with the author—it's everybody should be doing a podcast because it's it's cheaper than uh, than buying. <laughs> you know, you're right. Uh, I know, oh, exactly. I'm never reading again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's
1: our next show. All right, <laughs> so um.
0: Tell us what's big and what's happening for you in the next coming months, and uh, definitely over the summer. I'm sure summer is a big time for you for professional development because you know it's just that that good time. But let us know what's happening with uh, you and the principal center over the next few months.
3: Yeah. So one thing I'm I'm really interested to see as as people get into their their final evaluations here is uh, the the feedback that we get on our repertoire app. And and you asked about this earlier, but I didn't I didn't really bring this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I, I became frustrated with the, uh, the ways that people were being forced into a certain way of thinking about evaluations because they have check boxes or multiple choice, or they're trying to rate chunks of lessons that are too short, things like that. And I said, I, said, I really want to focus the feedback on, on what happened, what the evidence is, what the framework says, and, and let's have a conversation about that. So being kind of a, you know, former iPad guy and, um, wanting to have an app that could make, uh, that process of, of taking good documentation, taking good notes, uh, a lot easier. I, I started to spec out an app last year and we developed it over the past year, and uh, went live with it this school year. That uh, that allows you to take notes using shortcuts or using snippets. Uh, have you ever used an app like Text Expander? Yes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Love Text Expander. Heavy, heavy, heavy power user of, of Text Expander. I use it probably a, a hundred or a thousand times a day. I don't even know. <laughs> um, And I I just thought it was the greatest thing ever for administrators. You know, if you're observing teachers, you're going to type the same things over and over and over again. But I could not for the life of me get anybody to use it. You know, just the setup was too nerdy. The programming in snippets was, you know, an extra step that nobody ever has time for in the moment. Um, My text expander stats, I'm pulling them up right now, say I have saved 1.7 million characters (laughs) and 81 hours. I'm not sure when that's... Since I'm not sure how far back my graph goes, I guess that goes back uh, quite a way. It goes back to 2012. Um, but I, I love Text Expander, and I, I knew that that same function—you know—lots of apps compete with text, text Expander. They, you know, you type a couple letters, and it expands that into a whole sentence or a whole paragraph. Sure. Uh, so I knew I wanted that to be a feature, and I also knew that people needed help kind of developing that that repertoire of, of language in the instructional framework or in the evaluation tool so if you've got a new evaluation framework no one ever says hey we got this new evaluation system and the bad news is it's only half a page long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know every every one of these evaluation systems I've ever seen is pages and pages and pages sometimes 30 pages long oh and you know the reality is we've got to become fluent with that language we've got to know the criteria that we're evaluating our teachers on. But at the same time, you're not going to memorize 30 pages of criteria in any lifetime without some help. So what I wanted to to build into that app and and did successfully build into that app was the idea that when you type something once, if you start to type that again, it automatically suggests it to you. Mm -hmm. And you can just click on it or arrow down and hit enter. And build your your notes, your narrative that way, or build your message that way. And then it emails it to the teacher, saves it to a database, you can copy and paste it into your evaluation system or Bloomboard or whatever. So we're uh, in the process of of getting feedback from our our first year users on that now and uh that's at principalcenter.com repertoire so that's a that's a quiz if you can spell repertoire you can uh you can give it a try i had to uh yeah. <laughs> I had to develop a shortcut for that myself and uh yeah. how to uh how to get that in there but that's been a lot of fun just to to see that app development process i've, I've worked with the firm to uh to do the coding on that and uh not, not a uh, developer myself, but just knowing the challenges that I faced as an administrator. That was a, a big passion project this past year, and now to see it in the wild is, uh, is a lot of fun. So that's awesome. a uh, long answer as to my, my current focus for the, uh, the end of the school year here. Awesome.
1: Cool. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome, Ooh, man. And,
0: and, and a nice sight. I like it. <laughs> yeah, pretty.
1: Pulling it up, looking at it now. Yeah. And it's a buck. Come on. We'll tweet that out. Exactly.
0: So. You, you've got to charge more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I tell you what, we want to thank you for being on the show. Um, I'm the official timekeeper. The guys Just exactly. The task He's master. the taskmaster. <laughs> um, I hope to have you back again, and maybe after this summer, after you've got a little more. Uh, response from uh, the, how the uh, more feedback. Our app worked. Yeah, more <laughs> feedback. more feedback. Yeah, more feedback. <laughs> we can get you back on, and uh, maybe we can get somebody on with you so we can have a massive uh, you know, discussion. Uh, I've got a few names in my, my brain right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Justin, <laughs> thanks for making uh, me uh, feel like I need to read more. So, <laughs> 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 uh. I'm very impressed. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon.
3: Well, you will. I will. Uh, I'll be down in your neck of the woods on. Uh, let's see. It looks like June twentieth. You guys are at the Southeast Arkansas Co-op. Oh, Is that right? Southwest. Southwest. Oh, oh, you're the Southwest. Okay. Well, yeah. you got to oh, talk to so people. Close. I'll be at the Southeast. Got it okay. mixed up here. That's okay. Um, but but we have some, uh, yeah, I'm we around.
0: have we have a little pool here. We'll work on this. So.
3: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, cool, man.
1: Thank Thanks you very much. You. We'll see you next time.
3: All right, Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Cool. Well, it's great to have you, uh, Mo. That was person, very, dude. yeah. Uh, very. I, I learned a lot. Honestly, I, absolutely, absolutely. I was about to say the same thing. Uh, I hope I didn't make myself look any stupider <laughs> than I am. But I keep continually opening my mouth and asking I, questions. I
1: do think, though, when he was talking about the, the the radio program that he has, he hit the nail on the head. You know, the key is to get people who are smarter than we are to talk about their stuff, which is which part what of the we reason, do. That's why we brought him in, you know, so it exactly. was great. Exactly
0: what awesome. But, you know, today I learned that we're getting people way smarter than we are. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Man. It's all good. Hey, well, we're, all me, anyway. we're all learning. We're yes. all learning. Yeah. yeah, but a uh, really great guest. I tell you what, we're going to jump out to some music real quick. A yeah. uh, little Shane Howard band. Shane Howard And band. Uh, we'll take a little break and we'll be back in a few minutes.
5: Picked up my girl from a football game. On the square in my town was a place to be. Radio blaring, show me on night long, singing along. On on Rattlesnake Road Friday night football Blue Strawberry Hill Feeling young and crazy Out on the Rattlesnake lazy drink what you have Mad Dog 2020 made us have some fun picking the guitar play a country song the bottle let me Friday night football we strawberry hill feeling young and crazy. Rattles Road, Friday night football Moose drop in a hill Feeling young and crazy Barrett young mm-hmm. and crazy. Blake Montgomery is a new, young lawyer in Hope. He's located in the Bancorp South Building at 200 South Elm in downtown
1: Hope. Blake is a Hope native and a graduate of the University of Arkansas. He is a general practice attorney, providing solutions for legal needs. Blake offers assistance with contracts, real estate transactions, and other commercial issues. He can assist individuals with a will and or estate planning. Blake is proud to serve the citizens of Southwest Arkansas. Phone Blake at 777-6700. That's 777 Blake Montgomery, attorney at law in the Bancorp South Building in downtown Hope. Texas rain. That's the Shane Howard Band, Texas Rain, before that, Rattlesnake Road. We appreciate the Shane Howard Band for uh, letting us play their music and featuring them on the show.
0: Hopefully they still don't mind us using them. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: All um, I'm going to say is he retweeted when I said we were going to play it, so I'm assuming that's that's consent. Hey,
0: I just uh, had a great interview with uh, Justin Bader. We did. And uh, if you would like to visit his website, uh, visit the website. It's theprinciplecenter.com. That's one for repertoire. Repertoire. I, their That's, new app. It's their new app, which is uh, a book. Mm-hmm. You can't beat that with a stick. You could, but it would just wouldn't be very consistent. Well, all it would do is like
1: destroy your phone. Why would <laughs> you be,
0: yeah, exactly. Why would you beat an app with a stick? That doesn't <laughs> Also, check out, check out the main website, um, eduleadership.org. E D U L E A D E R S H I P.org. You can find Justin on Twitter at eduleadership. So, reach out. Uh, we've been tweeting some links out from our Twitter account, Guys. Also, you can check us out on the web at www.edutechguys.com. Take a trip down to the bottom of the page. You'll find the comment section. Let us know what you think or not. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash edutechguys. And like I said, on the Twitter. The Twitter. The yep. Twitter. So let's jump into the rest of the show. We're going to wrap up here in just a second, but we did have a few extra things on the old show notes. One of them would be Apple's newest... Stuff, stuff. Let's forget the the se phone. Um, you know the jump straight to the education. The Z seventy one iPad. Z seventy one with a turbo, turbo drive. Four x four. Well, it does have four speakers. I, I will say it was. Uh, I, I didn't Big get antennas to say this. whipping in the wind. I'm oh, <laughs> no. sorry, I didn't get to say this when we were talking to uh, Justin, but you know that affordance thing about you know finding that piece of technology that makes you, makes it easy to use. Exactly. I want to do this. Okay. The Apple Pencil actually. Right. With the new. Brings us into that, you know, for a, uh, for a, 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 leadership person, uh, mm. an administrator, to go into classroom principal, assistant principal, yeah. um, sure. curriculum person. I was thinking that exact same thing. As you to were. have that pencil right, in exactly. their hand now.
2: Yeah. Right. Now we've got that whole... Yeah, especially with the new 9.7-inch iPad that supports the pencil, so it's a heck of a lot easier to wrestle one-handed than the giant yeah. 12-inch yeah. thing. <laughs> so, monster. Right. I'm now going to evaluate you behind my <laughs> giant slab of aluminum, yeah. aluminum.
0: I was also going to ask, you know, it would be interesting, uh, you know the whole videoing and audio recording of a classroom of a teacher you mm-hmm. know for during evaluation mm-hmm. uh, that would be a really neat app is right. to be able to video segments of a of a piece so that you're making your notes you're doing your evaluation and then you can go back and watch that again inside the app, so that you go. That's what I wanted to comment on. You know, that's why I videoed this section right. with a, with a quick boom. I touch this and I record the video and the audio in the classroom.
2: I felt for a long time that videoing in the classroom should just be like default because you know if you've got a student that's out sick. I mean, we've got all this technology now. Yeah, you've got a Google Classroom or whatever. You just at yep. the end of the day, you go to the camera that you've had sitting in the back of your room and you go, okay, take that out, plug that into my machine, upload the video, and there you go up yep. on Google Classroom. If you need to review some of what we talked about, if you were sick whatever um and that would make evaluations also pretty easy
1: yeah it would i you know the the kicker there is either figuring out and or remembering when right, to exactly. start and stop during particular lessons exactly. or you know otherwise you're recording eight hours of instruction right, exactly. there you go you figure out where it was right you know, exactly or yeah. then at that or if, if it is non-stop recording for eight hours well okay now it gets into the Who's going to edit this stuff to put it right, online? Exactly, yeah. you right. know, teachers, I don't have time for that. This is so.
2: definitely something that an app or some other but, piece of technology yeah, sure. could use. Well, should. you know,
0: there's, and I like to talk about this one all the time, the new Get the movie camera from, uh, oh, yeah, the, from uh, what is that, live stream? Yeah. That camera is you know, half the size of a Coke can, and it's instant streaming by hitting the button, which has facial recognition, recognition you know, and it, it does the whole thing. And it streams live, and it saves it to SD, either or, or right. both. Right. But you know, you're that's a you're getting into that at like three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, you you know, at it, less than a, the and then there's rent, there's kind of like yeah. A, yeah. So I think we're getting really closer to that. I agree with Greg. Why mm-hmm. not just record those thing? Which gets into what we like to talk about: podcasting, video casting. Yeah. I, mean, right. I agree with our technology now. With Google giving us unlimited storage. Right. Exactly. Just put it oh, online. Everybody should have their all their lessons up online that's right it would be great too for for evaluations i mean you're in the class you see it live and then you can actually go back and watch the thing again mm-hmm. right. and you'll really give some some valuable feedback but right, exactly. that, that's but yeah um, so apple yeah the new ipad pro the new smaller 9.7 yep, 9. that's 7 that's very interesting to me because i'm i'm very interested in the apple pencil and mm. the big one was just kind of like gosh that's a monster right exactly
2: yeah not something that's really handy to use like just walking around great for a desk great for something if you're like going to sit down and work with something. if you're gonna draw something or if you're gonna work with some content of some sort yeah fantastic size but yeah walking around with a 12 inch device not super great Um, so yeah now there's the new 9.7 and then they released 9.3 so now you can do oh uh, you can password protect notes now that's really cool which uh, is cool that's also something that's handy if you're gonna be taking handwritten notes or whatever yeah Um, so you can password protect it if you didn't want it accidentally coming open and then, of course, they've got all the new education features that are available now. Although, as far as I can tell, as far as we've been able to determine for Hopeful Schools, they haven't yet opened up all of the new uh, Apple School stuff on mm. the web side of things. 9.3 is available that has all those features ava- uh, enabled for the actual end devices, which is what you're going to have to get on to student devices in order to take advantage of it. But sure. the actual administrative side of things appears to still be um, locked. It's still currently, they still say it's in beta. So I actually went to go sign <laughs> our school up for it. Um, and in the email that I got back from signing up, says, yeah, it still says that it's in beta. So apparently it's still being worked on. Uh, but yeah, the, the features that that's going to enable is going to be great. Um, everything from the ability to restrict all apps on the device now, except for the settings application, all of them can be blacklisted or whitelisted. So wow. you want, and with a, with a, an MDM, you can make that pretty easy to actually define presets of what applications you want reset or restricted or not restricted. Sure. So, yeah, if you've got a, a kid who doesn't stay on task maybe quite exactly the way he should be or she should be, then you can go ahead and restrict it down to a minimal set of applications like, okay, this is the math class, you've got the math applications, I'm going to restrict everything but that and, I don't know, maybe notes application and a web browser. So that's really handy. Yeah. Um, and then there's the new Apple Classroom Management uh, tool, which allows a teacher to actually view student screens. That's from, cool. Yes, exactly. That's something that's going to be super handy because so often, even, even in an ideal situation where the teacher is up and moving around and observing students and that sort of thing, students can be real quick at moving to something that they maybe shouldn't be doing. Um, and then whenever the teacher makes their round back around, they've already switched back to the other application. They, okay, I'm still working on this. Right, yes. uh, so yeah. the ability to view student devices without having to sort of indicate that, hey, I'm coming up to look over your shoulder now. <laughs> um, that's going to be real handy. Yeah. Uh, And for those who have used MDMs besides Casper Suite, uh, Apple's now essentially making it standard what the Casper Focus app um, could do, which I don't know. For those who haven't used Casper Focus, Casper Focus allows teachers to easily restrict uh, student devices to a specific application, sort of a, a dynamic fashion rather than having to schedule, okay, at this time we need to have the MDM lock the student devices into this application, yada, yada, yada. It's an application that the, st- the teacher has accessible on their device and then they can see their classroom of iPads and go, okay, everybody gets locked into this app now because I just thought uh, we can all have you, since you don't seem to be getting this particular concept, I'm going to lock you all into this application that I know actually covers this concept and then sure. you guys can go try that out. So very very cool features that are coming out in 9.3. I'm, I wish Apple had released a timeline for when exactly <laughs> the the administrative functions will be available. And it looks like the MDM component uh, that manages the the uh, app the iPads will also have to be updated in order to support these new features. So, sure. First step is here, we've got we've got the software for the iPads now. now we're now we're just waiting for the back end to catch up. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's where we're currently sitting eagerly going, Oh come on, when's it gonna come out? That's right, when do we get this? Right, man? It's, like, it's like it's like waiting for Christmas morning except you don't know what day it's gonna be. It's like <laughs> Oh nope, not yet. <laughs> so yeah. Fun that's stuff cool. coming down the
0: pipe. That is awesome, right? Yeah. Pretty exciting. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty much the I think it'll change the way um, Apple schools using iPads. Oh will, yeah. We'll do their thing. Right. Sure. But I think our first thing is we'll we'll take a couple of iPad Air two classrooms that currently exist mm. and create some. Yeah.
2: You know. The other big thing is the fact that we have to have managed Apple IDs for a lot of this to work. Um, so you do have to have. Um, I forget which portions required. It's all it's all outlined on Apple's education site, which I think Jeff was pulling up here. So so,
1: so are you saying there's going to be a shift back? toward yes. Apple IDs? Because, you know, there was Apple IDs, and they were trying to get away from Apple IDs, and now right, exactly. they're getting back the, to The Apple managed
2: IDs. Apple IDs are needed for uh, for the sharing of iPads, which is another function that 9.3 enables. Okay.
1: Um, and that makes sense.
2: Right, exactly, because you've got to have so many, you got to be able to log into the iPad. Well, what are you going to log in as? Are you going to bind it to LDAP? Well, then you're right. using some other non-Apple technology. So... Yeah, with, you got to have managed Apple IDs for that, and the the trick there is it needs to be an email address that hasn't already had an Apple ID associated with
1: it. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. Yes, exactly. Man. See, this is where it
2: gets kind of tricky. Um, although with Google Apps, if you're a Google Apps school, you can create aliases for all of your existing email accounts. Oh, no, that's true. So especially if you've got the, uh, what do they call it, the the um, Google Apps Active Directory sync component, yeah. you can actually just update all of your AD accounts to include a... Uh, an alias. Sure. And then all of a sudden, all your students have another uh, uh, email address essentially associated, but it all comes back to their original inbox. Yeah.
1: Um, that's, that's not quite as bad as it originally right, could be. Of right. course, again, it depends on what back end uh, right, exactly. you know, email directory service system right. you're using to see if right. that works for you or not. Exactly. But,
2: um, but yeah, that is one of the little little. Kinks that that's going to throw a monkey wrench and thinks okay I got to yeah, have a new right. now they've got to remember okay do the students have to remember this right, new account yes. okay what's what's the format going to be et cetera, et cetera. yeah um, and could
1: could you get away with um, not aliasing but doing the whole you know like with a plus iPad plus sure. student name yeah, or yeah,
2: whatever the, uh, the that would actually show up on Apple's side as a quote unquote different different email you know, account address. even though it goes back to the same inbox yeah you could certainly do that. Um, the trick there is, you need to make sure that your students remember which, what they used. Or, right. You know. Right. So okay, yeah, you got to remember what format you set up. It's like okay, if we're going to do plus, okay, we'll do plus Apple ID or right. something. Come up with a consistent naming scheme yeah. so that it could be understood. Um, the other potential little kink for wow. using uh, Apple ID or uh, iPads in a shared environment is the fact that there is a maximum number of students that can share an individual iPad. And it's actually based on each student will get a uh, a specific split of the iPad's st- total storage. Right. Well, that's so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. When that's you something. first when
1: you first mentioned shared iPads, that was the first thing that popped oh, yes. in my head. I was like, oh yeah, that's all well, well and good if you've got a. 256-gig iPad. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you but know. most
2: of us have deployed 16-gig. Right, a single exactly. user, 16-gig was great. Yeah. But now we've got to go, okay, if we're going to put these in a, in a shared deployment sort of situation, okay, yeah. how many students can I actually split this iPad into? Because, yeah, it is a fixed split. Each student gets a fixed amount. Of, and you've also got to take into account, okay, you're actually pre-splitting these devices. So if you say, okay, I'm going to pre-split all of my iPads into four sections, so each one can have four users. Okay, does that cover the maximum number of students that will need to use an individual iPad in a given class? So then you've right. got to analyze your class sizes. And then you've got to go, okay, well, if I split it too many times, then I'm going to be restricting students to too little storage space right. I'm going to have leftover. Yeah. If I don't split it enough, then there won't be enough iPads to go around. Right. So, yeah, there's definitely some logistics Jolly. to work through. Yeah. Um, the and yeah because these were originally deployed in a non-shared sort of design yeah now we're like okay well how are we going to work this with sixteen gig iPads do we want to, <laughs> next time we refresh do we want to go with bigger iPads right so yeah. a lot of, a lot of, big change really big change for really big change how we deploy and what exactly is involved
0: with getting yeah. that deployed yeah. but I say the shared iPad it really is exciting i mean yeah absolutely that puts us into a really interesting one to one place mm-hmm. that you know, we can better control the one to one and the teachers can have a little more control right, well exactly. with with the app now that they can Right, exactly. Launch and everything. Right. and we were using our MDM provided one for us, right. uh, which was a Casper Casper Focus, uh, Focus yeah. which is, is great, right. Uh, but Apple probably
2: took that idea, right, exactly, because Casper Focus couldn't view the screens, so right. you could lock the students down to an application,
0: but you know, but
1: then you they could just it. be
0: sitting in the application doodling, <laughs> you know,
2: well,
1: <laughs> so, so doodling, 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 of cool,
0: doovers. awesome. Hey, listen, let's wrap this thing up. Google app trick of the week,
1: trick of the week. Like Google 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 <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> was the saddest <laughs> one That was just sad.
0: Well, on the Google app trick of the week, um, and it, this actually is is a new one. It just came out um, last week. It's oh, the outline right. tool. Yes. Cool. And uh, it's displayed in the pane to the left of the page. Uh, this outline features headers for each section of your document. Right. Making it pretty simple to quickly jump around from section to section. Especially if it's a long do- If it's a long, it's document. A long document, which yeah. Greg writes a lot of long documents. <laughs> I'm rather um, well known for my <laughs> stupidly long documents, yes. Um, if you haven't manually applied headers, then no worries. Google does it for you. They use it intelligently. De- they detect the local divisions within your work. And then you can edit or remove these headers as necessary. Exactly. So oh, that's cool. a really neat piece. You can mm-hmm. find it inside your Google Docs. If you got some long documents, you get an instant outline tool. Yeah, to yeah. help you navigate. Yeah. The, you turn uh, it on awesome under,
2: doc- when you're looking at a document. You turn it on by going to the Tools menu and then Document Outline. It's got a default oh. uh, key combination for uh, Control Command A on a Mac, which I'm going to be. or don't know what it would be on a Windows machine. It only displays the uh, the, the one appropriate for your current OS and I'm on the Mac.
0: Yep. But you can go you can get to it under tools. You'll yep. see outline tool under there. And boom, there's cool. your Google tip of the week. I think those of you with large documents will appreciate that. Absolutely. Awesome. So I say what we'll tell you what we're gonna wrap this thing up. It's wrap been it up. a great show today. Um, we're on spring break. I hope you're having a great spring break. I hope you have a great Easter this weekend. Celebrate it the way you celebrate it and have a wonderful time. I'm Jeff Madlock <laughs> we both looking at each other.
1: <laughs> I was just wrapping this thing up. <laughs> I told you guys I was wrapping uh, this bad boy up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm David Henderson. <laughs> and I'm Greg Moore. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Madlock. There you go. Go. All right. <laughs> we'll you see you all next time.
0: you been to edutechguys.com.
1: You've been listening to EduTechGuys Radio, radio. radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site of this program for those of the
0: participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency.
1: There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it.